75 episodes. I am surprised that this podcast lasted this long without any deal, endorsement or sponsors. This doesn't mean I don't need sponsors but right now it's going strong. Yes, I did take short breaks but I always thought that this podcast won't go past 20 episodes. Who wants to hear about responsible travel, climate crisis, plastic pollution and everything around that? But I guess a lot of people do. So today on 76th episode, we have a guest who has been with us in the past. The last episode was a pre-recorded one. So I thought it is a nice time to bring him back and hear about his initiatives and amazing work his team is doing since we had him last time. Utsav is the founder of TD Forest Garden. He joins us to talk about his work and the community of TD and how he has created his amazing group of people who believe in sustainable travel and its impacts very strongly. So without further ado, let's welcome Utsav and get this episode started. And before we start, don't forget to follow this podcast on the platform you are listening as well as give it a 5 star rating. Hey Utsav, thanks a lot for joining me for this episode. Hey Anshu. As always, a pleasure to chat with you. Utsav is the first guest who has joined us for the second time on this podcast. But this is the first time when we are recording this on a call, unlike the previous episode that you can go out and check. It was a pre-recorded one. So this time we are actually talking, talking. <laughs> so that's a double honor then if I'm the second guest <laughs> who's come twice in your show. So, so before we start, please share a little about yourself and your work. Sure. So my name is uh, yeah Utsav Pradhan and I am from the hills of Darjeeling and uh, I grew up here and then I uh, left to work in the cities for almost like uh, two decades before I moved back in. And it's been about six years now since uh, I started this uh, project called uh, TED, uh, which is based out of uh, the small village called uh, Atmail Gurabari in between Darjeeling and Kashyong town. Uh, it's a permaculture project where uh, we are trying to uh, revive uh, a wasteland back into uh, a food forest. And also while doing that, trying to bring in some regenerative uh, solutions to some of the everyday problems that we see around us. Since the time we recorded last time, TD mm-hmm. has come a long way. Won awards, have received so much praise on global platforms. So if we go back to... Uh, the beginning. How has the idea of making TD more than just an ecotourism venture evolved with time? So I think things are evolving pretty organically. So um, I think uh, once we set sail on this um, whole ocean of permaculture, I think uh, and wherever it has taken us and each of these, you can say, islands that we have visited on this uh, um, rough sea, I would say, not really smooth sailing at times, but uh, it has been uh, quite uh, eventful. And I think it connects the dots with everything that we intend to do. Okay. And uh, uh, the other day we were trying to, you know, just crystallize our thought and we we're going through a brainstorming uh, with the team. And I think we came to a conclusion that, you know, our vision of TD is very simple, actually. It is just that um, we are fighting for a pure air, fresh water and rich soil and for all beings. So that's what we're doing. And wherever that the, this particular ship takes us, uh, that's where we are headed. And uh, then we've dabbled with like natural buildings, natural farming. And right now we are 
uh, focused on zero waste and uh, trying to open up a waste innovation center here in Darjeeling. So yeah, it's been, we started off, I would say, as a venture and has turned into quite a interesting adventure. Speaking of how TD functions, how do you strike a balance between attracting tourists and maintaining the integrity of the natural environment and local culture? I would say, you know, there is never a perfect balance. <laughs> it's always uh, the scales tip one way or the other. The only thing is you should not let it topple over, you know, uh, because um, uh, it's important that uh, you are able to uh, keep the scales like moving, you know, and uh, uh, because if you look at it as uh, a perfectly balanced thing is stationary. And I think right now we cannot afford to be stationary. We have to kind of keep trying out and uh, doing new things and experimenting because, I mean, to be honest, our house is on fire. I mean, there is no two ways about it. There is our planet is on peril, the house is on fire, and it is not really uh, like the earth, the planet earth that needs saving. It is, we are fighting for ourselves, you know, so fighting to ward off the sixth mass extinction as much as we can and as long as we can. That That's, that, that's what, yeah, we're trying to do right now. It's really interesting that last three podcast interviews I have taken, they all have mentioned climate change, even though most uh, two of my guests were not directly working on any climate change movement, but uh, everything that we're doing is somehow connecting with it. Yeah, and I'd like to correct that. And I think it's important that we start using the right term. So it's not climate change anymore. I think it's climate crisis. I think we need to start changing our terminology because that in itself brings in action. So it's not, honestly, not climate change anymore. It's climate crisis. It's not global warming anymore. It's global heating. Yeah, and it's not like 10 years away you now. Ten, the 10 years have arrived. So in what ways does TD promote cultural exchange and respect for local traditions through its uh, uh, ecotourism activities? When we get the guests here, uh, I think we start orienting them about what we are doing right from the time that the booking happens. And uh, the first email that goes out to them to what we converse over the call. We're trying to still refine this communication, but uh, the idea is to tell them that, you know, this is not just like any retreat, you know, retreat, like the dwellings that we have and the ability that, yeah, and the option that they have to come and stay in the forest is just one of those things. And when they come here, and I think uh, when they kind of experience TD, we then try and curate it as an immersive experience so that, uh, you know, right from where they stay, it is uh, on natural building to what they eat is mostly sharing what we eat, right? So there is no curated menu that they can order from and stuff. We very strictly, we say, okay, whatever we are cooking, you eat. And uh, there is very little that you can actually order off the, there's no a la carte as such. And the reason why we do that is because we are trying to see whether we can move as swiftly as possible that as much as we'd like to say that but you know it's been a marathon not really a hundred meter race so uh we'd like to move towards being completely a foraging a place you know where we don't even grow food so basically we grow soil and the food grows by itself and then we eat that food so that's that's the goal and it's it's like quite different than even other places we realize because you know, the farm to table concept where it's curated and people have a big farm and then it's it's nice. But uh, 
like honestly, when people say, are you a farm? We strictly deny and we say, no, we're not. We're just a forest garden, you know, and it's very different than a farm. Very, very different. Because for us, the focus is not just growing food for ourselves, but it's like for growing food for all the beans who are there, for the bees, the butterflies, and for the bears, the boars, the monkeys, and yeah, the whole lot. I really like the concept that there is no fixed menu because I think the food menu is one of the most touristy thing that I come across even when I'm traveling and visiting eco homestays or local something that connects that is more local oriented rather than a hotel or something. Uh, what I do is I normally when when I visit our homestay, I normally just say, Aap jo kha rahe ho, <laughs> I will have it too. And I think that is yeah. a better experience. And it's important that we, you know, orient people who are tourists to also become mindful travelers. So while you are trying to make uh, your travel community, uh, the people who visit you more mindful about their practices and behavior, you are also trying to instill a learning about the local culture and lifestyle. You're functioning in an area that is not very tourist like Darjeeling or uh, I should say Kalimpong. Right. Have you faced a challenge or resistance from the, uh, the people who live around that place while you are functioning there? Do they complain or do they, uh, what, what is their reaction? Um, so a good chunk of them are actually working here. So the team has grown over the years. So we are almost like um, 27 people strong in TD right now. And they work with us in various capacities. And uh, so I think they realize that... Um, there is a circular economy that we are trying to um, kind of, um, you know, build. And it's not that we are um, eating into what they are doing or we are eating into their business because uh, the whole, just like the whole world, like the entire crowd, except for people probably who are associated with us, uh, what we call the humans of TD, except for them, I think the entire lot is swimming with the tide. You know, so all of them are into opening up, let's say, a momo shop by the highway with a whole line of plastic that is hung outside with water bottles and selling uh, what you call YY or Maggie and momos and then a few other stuff. Right. And uh, so that's what they're doing. We are swimming against the tide by not offering any of the package good and uh, yeah, uh, encouraging people to kind of drink the spring water that we get you know and uh, so they see that we are not in any way competing with them as such and it's we leave the option open for guests also that you know if uh, you want to kind of explore what people are doing then you can go ahead and try that now the problem is at a you know market level i think it's homogenized uh, to such an extent that uh, what you get, let's say, in Dehradun or Ladakh or Arunachal or like various places is very similar to what you get in Darjeeling, unfortunately, you know, which is uh, sad. But then uh, to overcome this, what we've tried to do and to give a more immersive experience for our guests and to also make it win-win for the community, what we do is we encourage guests to join our uh, or to kind of take up our village tours. Know, or um, go for a mountain hamlet experience where we send them with one of the locals to the locals home and then we again tell them similar way don't offer them anything extravagant and just give them what you guys are cooking 
So the, that's the experience of then doing the hike. So there is no car, you have to hike and uh, then you have to walk up to the local's place and have the meal and then you come down. And I think that's important to also make them feel that within that uh, few hours that someone from outside spends at their place, they are there to respect the life that they're leading rather than to come and demand and wake up like seven o'clock in the morning and say that, hey, I need matcher chol or I need chicken chili on my plate. Or So once they see that, this is the way that you could also do tourism is when probably we are hoping to influence some of those people who are also into tourism and saying that it is okay to say no. Yeah, right? yeah. Because, I, oh no, please, please continue. <laughs> because this whole thing of Atithi Deva Bhava is nice. It's good, you know, You as long as you... It happens both ways where the person is also respectful of the local traditions and stuff. But it is also okay within the Atiti Deva Bhava to say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. You know, I'm sorry, I can't provide that. Or I'm sorry, that's against my principles to do that. Yes, I mean, Atiti uh, should also uh, be aware about the lifestyle and the limitations of their host. I mean, uh, that should that should be, as you said, it's a two-way street not uh, like uh, only one person is supposed to do it yeah and that's why i keep saying that you know the scales are never balanced <laughs> it just keeps moving up and down because we also keep getting sometimes people who don't understand this and uh, we are okay to tell them that i'm sorry you are at the wrong place yes i think this is a more of a, a trend that chalo let's go to some offbeat place and they come across td and they don't really read uh, what they what you are about and they just book yeah. it and then they are like, um, but asa bhi hota hoga, I mean, uh, I think uh, people come with some different expectations and then they experience what is happening at TD and then they, yeah, this is something way better than what I was expecting. Yeah, most of the time they go back transformed. That is what uh, should matter. So, so yeah. apart from uh, working with locals, since uh, you won an award at Outlook and uh, uh, there have been features and everything, what are the partnerships and collaborations uh, from other organizations that have uh, come along your way? We um, have been featured now in a National Geographic documentary that was done. Uh, this was by a National Geographic uh, explorer, uh, someone whom I really look up to, Katie Kong. The one that happened in Nepal. Uh, yeah, so their first screening happened in Nepal. And uh, they would be releasing it in India soon. And so right now, they're not releasing it publicly because they want to release it in film festivals. And it's called Himalayas to See Plastic Free. You know? And uh, they're trying, they're featured 18 organizations across India and Nepal working on this particular issue. Uh, it's been yeah, quite interesting to be associated with them and, uh, you know, trying to also go um, and connect to uh, the peers and uh, trying to uh, share our experience and learn from each other. That's why I also traveled to Nepal and met up with a lot of people who are doing fantastic work up there. And then there were a lot of like, you know, synergy that uh, we explored and we are also looking at uh, collaborations and stuff. So yeah, it's been like a good 
to uh, collaborate with uh, NatGeo on that. Uh, apart from that, we've also done a partnership with Himalayan Rocket Stove. Guys are based out of Himachal and they make these rocket stoves, uh, super efficient uh, heating solutions in which you can also cook. So we are the official uh, partners in the entire Northeast where we are distributing the stoves, which has come through a carbon subsidy. And uh, it's like uh, the last few years that we've been distributing it, uh, it's at a 50% lesser cost. So we are even able to give it to the villagers who probably would not have been able to afford it otherwise. Uh, so that's one. And then the other partnership, of course, that we have is with Daily Dump. And again, we are the only official partners in entire uh, East India for them. And uh, we uh, manufacture the uh, khambas or the composting units locally out here. However, we've got our own uh, catalyst through which we kind of help people to compost. And for the community composting, we, of course, have our own design. But yeah, it's been good to collaborate with uh, Daily Dump too on that. And um, and yeah, I think those are the few collaborations that we've been doing. Daily Dump was one of the first people I contacted when I thought of this podcast. I was okay. never able to interview them because the pandemic happened. <laughs> but I'm trying. But I think I should uh, approach them again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Punam is wonderful, the founder. And uh, yes. they've done like... A really good job in ensuring that people composting becomes like a like you know one of those household terms that's discussed and uh, people know about it even if they don't practice they know that oh there's something called composting and if they want to practice there is daily dump and i think with the shark tank feature they've been um, quite popular and uh, do you also accept volunteers at td yeah yeah so um, we so td is what it is right now, I would say, to a large extent because of volunteers. Because when we initially started off, so imagine this place that was uh, where we had the rivers full of plastic, when the land full of plastic, and uh, a very dilapidated, uh, ramshackled uh, old factory. And there's no water connection, there's no electricity connection. And uh, the land being very steep, uh, it is very difficult to kind of even walk down. And six years, there has been a lot of transformation. But I think it wouldn't have been possible without the help of volunteers who came in. And uh, they lent a hand either in cleaning up the plastic or even helping us build naturally or grow food natu uh, like naturally and you know do what we call the organic farming. That is, uh, of course, uh, foraging as well as everything being organic. So we still are open for volunteers and uh, we get this steady stream of people and we encourage them to at least stay for two weeks otherwise it won't be immersive right so that's what we are doing and uh, we also learn a lot from them right? because uh, people who come and volunteer here come from all walks of life and all corners of the world so there is a lot lot of learning that is shared both in terms of food or you know or just in terms of certain skills that we have to learn so sometimes there is a yoga teacher or sometimes there is a experiential educator or sometimes there is a, a, a website designer <laughs> so people from all walks of life have come and contributed uh, wonderful so it's been quite a joy to be able to host for it's not easy I'd say when people say oh volunteering and stuff because um, managing the volunteers itself and keeping them busy and keeping them interested, keeping them motivated itself is hard work, but uh, it has been rewarding. Given the time, I would also love to spend some time volunteering at TD because that's how I started my traveling and I think it's always good to go back to basics. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the reason why I think we'll always be open for vol- volunteers is because uh, for me also, I bounced across the concept of com- permaculture when I was uh, volunteering in a farm in uh, uh, Uttarakhand. It was uh, the Himalayan farm project. And that's where I got introduced to permaculture. I did my introduction to permaculture there. And uh, that's when I got to know there's something called uh, volunteering, you know, and it seems like a much better way to travel you know get to know the place because it becomes regenerative when you volunteer because you're giving more than what you're taking from the place that's great also and with this we have come to an end of this episode it was amazing having you for uh, the podcast and it was good to chat in a conversational way (laughs) thank you Anshil it was always a pleasure to connect with you and uh, thank you for having me once again I hope whoever is listening to this episode will plan a vacation there whether it is with TD or any homestay we should leave the expectation of the city life behind and experience life from their perspective. Right. You can connect with TD and Utsovat. So we've got uh, TD Forest Garden as our Instagram handle. And if you go to Facebook, you just type TD, you'd be able to uh, come across. And uh, because it's the word that we've invented, there is no other TD in this planet. It's just us. So just type Google TD, you'll find the Instagram, all social media handles and the website, even the YouTube. You can also connect with me on my social channels. All the links are mentioned in this episode's description. Also, don't forget to leave a five-star rating on the platform you are listening to this episode because the more ratings I have, the more attention the podcast will get on the platform you are listening and I will be able to spread the message of responsible travel on a more larger scale. This was me. I was with Utsa. You are listening to Delhi Passenger Responsible Travel Podcast and I will be back with a new episode and a new guest soon.